brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Insightful Astrology Podcast, where life is written in the stars, but you get to edit the script. Making astrology come alive, here's your host, Maria DeSimone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Insightful Astrology Podcast. It's me, your host, Maria Simone, and oh my gosh, I'm buzzing. I don't know if you guys are buzzing. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll be, it'll be the weekend, and uh, even though the full moon has technically already happened, I've, I've been talking about this full moon. I did a whole YouTube video on it yesterday. You're going to feel this full moon for the rest of the month. Trust me on that. So I'm buzzing. I can't wait to talk to my guest to find out how she's buzzing with this with this full moon energy next to Uranus. And um, it's just, life is just moving along at an insane clip. Things are happening everywhere. I literally fielded about 12 crisis phone calls yesterday. And I'm not talking about just clients, family members, people I know, friends. Everybody had something going on with this full moon energy. It's just it's it's fascinating to observe it as an astrologer and yet we are all living this human experience so living it it's like whoa i think i need a cup of chamomile tea <laughs> so anyway i'm really excited about today's show because i have a phenomenal astrologer who is so known in our field so respected i'm i'm really honored that she was able to do the podcast today and we are going to talk about Jupiter because Jupiter is going into Sagittarius in November. And that has not been discussed on the show yet. So I am very excited to introduce my guest, intuitive astrologer, Leslie Francis, to the show. Leslie, welcome. Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to myself. Sorry about that. I'm, uh, I'm, good morning. I'm, I'm a little nonplussed. It's a little before my brain actually kicks in. Mornings are not my time. So Really? Oh, we're yeah. so opposite. I'm an old lady. I go to bed at about 8.30 <laughs> and I'm up about 5.36 every morning. It's just, you know, I'm like the, the classic Taurus granny. Put me in my pajamas at three in the afternoon and I'm happy. I, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think that everybody has to live according to whatever rhythm works for them. I don't think it has to do anything to do with being old, Maria. <laughs> Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, okay. So, Leslie, let's talk about you. For for those of you listening, I encourage you to check out Leslie's website, lesliefrancis.com. And I'm going to spell it for you. L-E-S-L-E-Y. 
F-R-A-N-C-I-S.com. Her website is just wonderful. It's beautiful. She has so much information and she offers a lot of services because of her intuitive abilities and her incredible experience being both an astrologer psychic medium. And I will tell you, she also used to be a journalist. So she happens to be a phenomenal writer and has the amazing, um, uh, amazing job. I don't know how you landed this gig, but you write the Llewellyn <laughs> Sunsign book, right? Right. This is my first year doing it. I, I was for seven years, I did the predictions in the uh, Llewellyn's astrological calendar and it's funny because this is how my life works. I have five planets in Aquarius, so my life is very Uranian. Things never really happen on a particular planned schedule. So I was, uh, you know, typical seven-year cycle for Uranus. I'd done the calendar, decided that, you know, I'd given everything I could to that and and wanted to move on. And so I was speaking with my okay. editor, and she mentioned that, you know, the person that had been doing the Sunshine book was no longer doing it. And so, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's synchronicity. So that's, that's how I landed awesome. that gig. <laughs> well, congratulations. I think that's a huge accomplishment. And, you know, the, Llewellyn is su such a well-known name in, in the metaphysical publishing industry, but especially with astrology. And so when is that book out yet? Uh, absolutely. It's been out since August. Uh, okay. It's online. You can uh, get it on Amazon. I'm probably sure you, I think, yeah, I've checked it out. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. I was about to tell you the Canadian website you could find it on because of course I live in Canada. Uh, and for anybody who is Canadian, who's looking for it, you can find it on uh, indigochapters.com. Okay, wonderful. And so this is the Sun Sign book. Leslie yeah. takes you through what is happening, the highlights of 2019 for your Sun Sign. And today, you and I are going to talk about one particular transit that will be influencing most of 2019. And that is beautiful Jupiter moving into Sagittarius. And so this is going to be a fun show and a, and a good, happy show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could use some happy. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, before we get into the happy, tell me, how was the full moon in Taurus for you? Do you have any drama that you'd like to share? Because I, I get very personal on the show. I don't know how comfortable you are, but um, do you have anything interesting that you'd like to share about the full moon in Taurus thoughts, well, experiences? Interestingly enough, the full moon in Taurus was in my 10th house and here I am uh, on your show. Oh, how cool. On an astrology show next to Uranus. I love it. Okay. Well, hey, if that's your full moon, then you're good. Okay. That's not, there's no drama there. I'm I'm like people left and right with drama yesterday. It well, was. Oh. Well, you know, but for me, the drama is talking about myself. That's a drama. For uh, me. Oh, okay. So that's not, that's out of your comfort zone, Leslie. It is, in spite of the okay. fact that I have Leo rising. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting because this full moon is pushing everybody out of their comfort zone in some way, right? Oh, absolutely, because, you know, that combination of the, the Taurus moon, there isn't anything more solid, really, than the moon in Taurus. Mm -hmm. So, and then you put it opposite the, you know, and it's conjunct Uranus, and and so there there's upheaval and turmoil about where, you know, 
where's my safe space? Where am I actually really grounded? And so the, the feeling during this full moon is, I, I don't really know what I can count on. Yes. I love that you said that. I don't really know what I can count on. Everybody listening, please digest what Leslie just said because it's gold for this full moon. You don't know what you can count on. And Taurus really likes to have something to count on. We really like stability to keep things as they are. And with this particular full moon, that's, that's, you know, it's interesting, Leslie, because we're all what we think we can count on, what we think is going to happen in our lives is about to change radically or has already started to change radically. But I do believe that ultimately these changes that are happening, this unsettling feeling, this getting us out of our comfort zone and just, you know, turning our, our life boats upside down, literally, <laughs> I, I do think it's going to lead to stability, the very thing that Taurus craves and I only say that because this full moon was trying Saturn. So what are your thoughts about that? Well, of course, I was thinking about the, the longer term um, experience of Uranus and Taurus. And uh, so, again, we're just getting a taste of what that's going to be like once Uranus moves fully into Taurus in, in March of 2019. In the meantime, uh it isn't, and it's time to really look at, truthfully, is what you're standing on as solid as you think it is? So the, that's what this full moon is doing, is giving us really an opportunity to initiate some deeper interchange, because, of course, the sun is in Scorpio, so that when we get that, you know, the final entry into Uranus, into Taurus, we're a little bit more primed internally for the changes that are going to happen because we get really focused on what's happening outside ourselves sometimes. And that isn't always the best way to cope by constantly looking at all of the things bouncing around outside yourself. And yeah, coping doesn't come from uh, trying to get a fix on where you are by looking at all the moving targets because it really feels like right now there are a lot of moving targets. I find for myself that my brain keeps bouncing from one thing to another because I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm currently uh, working on the 2020 sun sign annual. So I'm trying to get grounded in that. And this full moon has kind of made me go, uh, you know, I'm having difficulty getting, you know, solidly, placed in one location to get that started because there's so many other things going on in my consciousness. Oh, wow. That has to be really, really crazy that you're, you're doing 2020. You're supposed to be doing 2020. I, I mean, I just filmed my 20, 2019 videos and I have not even looked in depth yet at 2020, but that's because I don't have the deadline that you do. But geez, yeah, you know what? I, I need a minute before I even think about 2020. I, I would have a massive headache if I were you. But <laughs> you know what? That's that's because you're, you're a Taurus, Maria. Yes, oh my, and you've got you've got all the Aquarius, so you can be that visionary. Jeez, oh my goodness. Okay, I don't even want to look at 2020 yet. But no, neither do I really. Apparently. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then, oh, okay. I was, I was actually going to start talking about, you know, the Saturn, Pluto, 2020, all that, but no, we're not going to go there. We're going to keep this to <laughs> now. <laughs> let's well, let's stay in the now. 
Well, I think this is where Jupiter and Sagittarius comes in because it does give us uh, uh, a year of of feeling like our vistas are opening up again for a while. And, and, and because I think this, this last year, it really has felt a lot like not a lot of expansion and a lot of contraction. I don't know if you would agree with that, but. Mm-hmm. I, uh, with You're talking about with Jupiter being in Scorpio. Is that what you're talking about? Just the whole uh, energetic landscape for 2018, uh, you know, people wanting to contract as Uranus moved into Taurus because it's it you know again whenever Uranus moves into a new sign there is always that desire to back away from whatever the whatever change or chaos we feel might be coming. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40 they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And Jupiter in Scorpio is is really, you know, focused inwards, internally. So I guess that's why uh, I kind of feel that whether it's an accurate... um, whether that's what's really going on isn't the same as what we feel about it oftentimes. And so to me, it felt like uh, a year of contraction. And as Jupiter moves into Sagittarius, it's like every, you know, it's, it's like when, when you breathe deeply, when you're, when you're doing yoga or stretches and it's like, Oh my God, it feels like there's space again as if yeah. Oh, I love this. Oh, you're good. Wait, you know, I'm going to actually title this podcast waiting to exhale because, you know, I think with Jupiter being in Scorpio, we, we have had a year of a lot of darkness and depth and heaviness. And, and what's been expanded in our lives is dealing with the deepest part of a certain area of our lives, depending on where Jupiter was transiting. And so from, you know, for me, it was in my seventh house of partnership and all year long, I've been dealing with significant lessons, expanded Jupiterian lessons on intimacy, the depths of, of connection with another person. And it's been dark, uh, very dark at times, very um, complicated relationship stuff because it's Scorpio. So I think wherever Jupiter and Scorpio was for you guys, you've been dealing with complicated areas that wants to want to expand because it's Jupiter, but it's really difficult. And, and there is that feeling of, oh, can I breathe again? Can I breathe again? But now on November 8th, Jupiter is moving into Sagittarius and he'll remain there until December 2nd, 2019. And like you said, Leslie, it's time to breathe again and you can. So do you want to talk to the audience a little bit about what it means when, when Jupiter goes into Sagittarius? What are your thoughts on it? 
Well, of course, for Jupiter, it's like going home since that Sagittarius is the sign that Jupiter is most closely associated with, uh, depending on whether you also study classical astrology and, and would consider Pisces is also. But Jupiter and Sag to me it is, is uh, really it's experiencing the whole enchilada of what it is of, of what Jupiter represents. Uh, the, the 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 feeling that you can expand and expand and expand and there are no limits because you know Jupiter is not about limits and neither really is Sagittarius however in all of this you know you know as we lighten up and as we begin to feel we can breathe again and that that life you know doesn't look so um dark I guess uh intense mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as intense because of course jupiter takes this whole hog into whatever it's touching so as it moves into sagittarius uh you know depending on where it fits in your chart you know you may feel you know the desire to learn more to travel more to connect more to other people you might not want uh to feel constricted in any way shape or form in the area that it's touching in your life uh for instance, if you have, say, natally, you have Jupiter in the 12th house, it might be a year when you really get in touch with your intuition and you have really a lot of strong feelings about possibilities. And and because uh, the heaviness that we've been dealing with has really asked us, you know, to dig deeper, but but we all need to, you know, take a breather from, you know, we need a, a place to to express what we've come to know, because Jupiter is also for me about wisdom and about knowing uh, on a deeper level. And so as it comes out of Scorpio and moves into Sagittarius, we have an opportunity to apply any insights that we had. Like for instance, I had transiting Jupiter and Scorpio in my fourth house. Okay. And so I was dealing with a lot of uh, legacy things from family emotional stuff connected to my children uh and and trying to lighten that up and release some old patterns which is very much fourth house so mm -hmm. you know for me it's going to move into my fifth and it's going to be playtime and and you're going to enjoy your children and grandchildren oh yes and absolutely so uh so again uh you know i would always recommend that people have a reading with a professional astrologer so you can understand what this transit may be doing for you and yeah. how it can assist you to you know to lift whatever heaviness you feel because you know Scorpio is intense and intense often feels heavy to people and so this is an opportunity to uh I want to say dance a jig I, I don't know where the hell that came from but it's like uh yeah, just find some things that give you joy, that make you feel, as Jupiter moves into Sagittarius, you know, create some form of welcoming ceremony. Uh, if, if rituals are important to you, uh, take time. If all you want to do is just take time and just breathe as, as Jupiter moves into Sagittarius on November the 8th. Uh, you know, acknowledge it, celebrate it, because Jupiter in Sag really is about celebration it's about let's let's find the joy in life let's find the things that uplift us that inspire us 
Yes, inspiration. Inspiration and wisdom are two great keywords for Jupiter, especially in Sagittarius. So it's dignified in Sagittarius. He's home here, guys, and this happens only once every 12 years or so. And this is a 13-month period that you don't want to waste. Wherever Jupiter is transiting in your chart, it's going to blow up that area of your life, for better or for worse. Jupiter doesn't discriminate. He just expands. And the the beautiful thing, though, is that with Jupiter in Sagittarius, it is much more likely that he's going to expand the area of your chart that he's transiting this year in a joyful, happy, fortunate, lucky way. This is a lucky placement. If you happen to have Jupiter in Sagittarius in your birth chart, you are blessed with some pretty, pretty good co uh, cosmic luck, I've got to say. Now, Jupiter, I think in, in Sagittarius, is going to expand a lot of faith, a lot of uh, spirituality. So I agree with you, Leslie, that there is a strong component of faith and spirituality. I kind of think of Jupiter and Sagittarius as the secret. You know that you know that book, The Secret. The Secret. You you know this is like this is the secret before the secret was written. You can be, do, or have anything in this world that you can possibly conceive. As long as you know the secret, and here's the secret, you have to know in your mind and in your heart and in your soul that it already is so. It is done. It is, period. So Jupiter and Sagittarius gives you that incredible knowingness. So that's even a step beyond faith, I think. There's a knowingness that a certain area of your life is going to be as amazing as you know it will be. Did I just babble or did that make sense to you, Leslie? Oh, it made sense. In fact, what came to me is like it's a year when all you're in whatever area of your life Jupiter is in Sag is touching. It's going to be like getting all your ducks in a row without actually having to like, you know, you know, this isn't necessarily a placement that requires sweat equity as much as it as it requires open-heartedness right so mm. just just open up and things will align themselves uh in ways that you you necessarily can't foresee i mean because often we assume good luck or good fortune with uh it, it's blessings it's abundance and, and i mean abundance in all forms not not just in monetary forms so uh get ready to receive some blessings pay attention to the things that are happening in your life. And sometimes when Jupiter touches something and starts to expand it, it can be a little bit ouchy to start out with because, you know, as, as you said before, Jupiter doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. So if it's touching something that feels a little um, cranky to you <laughs> to start out with, just know it's it's trying to move you outside that space where, where you can begin to see that, that uh, you know, your daily concern, concerns can take you in a direction that brings you uh, deep awareness, joy, uh, a, a feeling that life is always going to be good to you somehow, some way, because it really isn't always, I mean, for me, Jupiter and Sagittarius is not easy to quantify. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is extraordinary optimism, though, I have to say, confidence, yeah. optimism, and, you know, I have, I have a thought on, on Sagittarius energy in general, 
that I learned from astrologer Carol Devine. And I don't know if you know, you know her work, but aside from being an astrologer, she used to paint astrological renditions of a birth chart. And many years ago, when I was going through my divorce, when my divorce just started, so this was, I want to say 2008-ish, I had a big portrait of my husband and I in my dining room, our, our big wedding portrait. And I knew that I had to take it down. And I also knew that I had to replace it with something that was so much truer to my authentic self that was emerging and, and the person that I was becoming in my transition. And so I commissioned Carol to paint my birth chart, to do an astrological rendition of my birth chart. And I mean, this is gorgeous, guys. Someday, I'm going to do a YouTube video and show you this because I, it's, I'm staring at it right now. And so anyway, the reason why this has to do with Sagittarius is because she, had, she created a painting where I am in a white robe kneeling at a grotto uh, with the book of Akashic Records uh, in, uh, being handed to me by spirit. Spirit is handing me the book of records. And according to Carol and her astrological analysis of Sagittarius energy, I have the moon conjunct Neptune and, and North Node all in Sagittarius in my eighth house. So according to Carol, her analysis is that people with Sagittarian energy have their hand in one way or another on the book of Akashic records, we have incredible wisdom to share with others, a big message to spread with others. And the, the etymology of Sagittarius. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This actually means wisdom. It does mean wisdom. Oh. The root of the word. And so I want you all to realize that, yes, this is happy, happy, joy, joy, luck, amazing faith. But you're all going to wisen up. In a significant way, wherever Jupiter's transiting in Sagittarius in your chart over the next 13 months. So what are your thoughts about that connection to Sagittarian energy, Leslie? Oh, it, yeah. I, first of all, I'd really love to see that painting. But uh, besides that, well, um, I have Chiron in Sag. Okay. And so as you're talking about, and I do have an angular moon-Jupiter conjunction. Ah, 
so in Aquarius. And so for me, it, it's always been a case of what does this mean? Like, you know, in fact, that's probably what uh, brought me into astrology in the first place, because I felt that there need, there were, had to be something that could explain the length and breadth of human experience. And so what you're saying just, you know, resonates really deeply with me. And what Carol said is, I, I think is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt true. Uh, and wow, like I have to tell you, like I, I you know, my I'm, I'm internally processing what you just said. And so mm-hmm. trying to logically or, or in the moment respond to it, other than to say it's powerful. What you just said is absolutely powerful. And and so wherever Jupiter and Sagittarius is in your chart, there it is a portal to some form of wisdom uh, be, because actually you know it's funny because one thing that comes to me is there's a lot of wisdom to be had in joy and in humor and in laughter and that's that we you know we don't always need to you know get heavy when we're trying to figure out what's what so jupiter and sag allows us to see how our wisdom will play out in in the broad in the broader context of of life in general not just so take your personal awareness and your personal wisdom and and really live it be it because it is sag is a fire sign you know and fire signs are all about being that whatever that happens to be whether it's the seeker as as sagittarius um it is it, always hard to describe uh, exactly what Leo is because Leo just is right. It's all about just being yourself, and of course Aries is is the initiator. So, you know, fire exists for a reason to keep us from getting too root bound, too too focused on the tinier details of life, and always focused on you know, what's the end result, you know, the earth signs. And and so, of course, trying that interplay and trying to work that, I mean, that's the beauty of astrology is it helps us understand how all of these energies fit within the personal context of what, of course, from a spiritual perspective, I believe you chose your chart. So if you chose your chart, why did you choose it? What's the purpose of this? And so as Jupiter opens up a new cycle in your life, wherever it it hits in your chart there is a new jupiterian cycle opening up in that area of your life for me it would be about my creativity and about my writing yes yes the new fifth house yeah so where is it where is that new jupiter cycle of expansion and exploration uh, going to take you and wisdom and what new because we always assume that there's going to be a time in our lives where we you know, we don't have where the reset button is never going to get hit again. <laughs> when in actual fact, life is is a lifelong act of creativity. So you're always, true. you're always going to be creating. So as Jupiter moves into Sag, of course, my thing is, what am I going to what do I want to create? And it, it may be for someone with Jupiter uh, in their eighth house. You know, what is it that I want to learn that takes me deeper 
into understanding that humans are multi-frequency beings. Maybe that's what you want to do. I, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's actually a very, very good point. I kind of, I feel that, especially once Jupiter gets to my North Node in the 8th, I'll be addressing that very significantly because I remember when Pluto transited my North Node, that's when I became an astrologer. So the Jupiter transit, I, I think in my 8th house, will certainly have a very strong dimension connected to to my spiritual work and and getting deeper in that respect of course it's also financial related uh, <laughs> house. it should be financially related and and it should have to do with it should have to do with my move it's conjunct my moon ruler of my fourth i am planning on buying a house at some point in the next few months so it you know it, it, on a mundane level it'll, it'll talk about that but but yes this is our reset button where we're expanding where we have an invitation now leslie from the universe to be open to receiving the most abundant magnificence that our heart can possibly allow. And, and, and that's really true, I think, with Jupiter and Sagittarius. It's such an invitation. So I want to ask you this, and I just started thinking about it as you were talking. Jupiter, Sagittarius is such a phenomenal sign that it happens to be connected to our galactic center the center of our Milky Way galaxy. So I don't know how much you know about this. Do you know a lot about this, Leslie, the galactic center? Uh, I know a fair amount. Not a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's an astrologer in in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, who has done a lot of work with the galactic center. So I've heard him talk about it. And it's not something that I've actually worked with on on a regular basis however you know i know i can feel you know intuitively i feel such a huge expansion when you connect to the galactic center yeah now i like you i don't do a lot of work with it um i I hear astrologers talk about it there's a buzz uh, and and i am aware that it's it's around 26 27 degrees of sagittarius right that's that that is the point of the galactic center guys so if you've heard if you're hearing this information for the first time Google it um, to listen, read about it with other astrologers. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is related to this Jupiterian expansion. I mean, think about this. The galactic center of our Milky Way galaxy is at 26 degrees Sagittarius. So this, this, this points to the largeness, the vastness of the Sagittarian possibilities. I, you know, from my understanding, this is like the sun of the galactic center is like the sun of our sun. It is the source of the most of the gravitational energy present in our galaxy. And, um, and most of the energy, um, in a chart that's transformed. And so I, I do think that having Jupiter move through Sagittarius and obviously at the tail end of it, when we get into next November and it hits the galactic center, that should be very interesting for really, opening things up in our lives in an extraordinary way. Do you have any thoughts on the galactic center or do you want to move on to the aspects that Jupiter is going to make next year? Well, first of all, I I'd just like to uh, say about the galactic center that I find it interesting that the galactic center is in Sagittarius, mm-hmm. you know, from, from where we're from, where we are in the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's important for people to remember I really feel like there's going to be that that is true that 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 it's at 26 degrees of Sagittarius from an Earth perspective, which of course is where we are. So that's the only, you know, that's the perspective that we have to deal with on a daily basis. So it it 
So what is the purpose of the galactic center for us Earthlings? It's expansion. It, yeah. it, it's growing to understand uh, the vastness of the universe, but to also realize that, you know, all of that expansiveness that we feel is outside us is actually inside us as well. Ah, uh, great point. Because we are energy. We are the universe. We are connected to all of this. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Okay, so now, uh, and you, I'm sure you've written about this in your, in your book. Because I, I wrote it last year. <laughs> yes, okay. So now with Jupiter going into Sagittarius, and again, for, for you guys listening, you know, Jupiter is not in isolation. He's, he's dancing with other planets in the sky at, at various points next year. And some of the more significant cycles that Jupiter will make while in Sagittarius is the fact that he will square Neptune and will, um, will also, uh, these dates for Jupiter squaring Neptune happen on January 13th, again on June 16th, and again on September 21st, if I have my dates correct. And so I call this an aspect of blind faith. I have this aspect natally in my birth chart. I have, uh, I have Jupiter in Pisces natally mm -hmm. in my 12th house, square Neptune in Sagittarius in my eighth house. So I have this natally. I call this the aspect of blind faith and idealism. Now it can go and run amok and, and, you know, be a bit, a bit difficult to ground. However, squares are meant to be drivers if we, if we are consciously using the energy. And I do feel that this is going to expand the openness of Jupiter and Sagittarius even more. It's like, it's like going to be the galactic center for every single time it has this transit, I think. <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on this, this aspect of Jupiter square Neptune and Pisces next year? Well, you know, of course, uh, again, it, it can be a very difficult thing mm -hmm. to, to process because of course, when we're talking about uh, Neptune in particular, that Neptune represents to me the world of all possibilities. And so, uh, it, but it can be a coalescing because it's a square of what it is you truly feel or intuit as opposed to what you believe. Because belief can be a very mental thing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, and Neptune asks you, I think, often to get out of your, your you know, the, the linear part of your brain into, in many, many moons ago when I was a journalist, I interviewed a, uh, a guy who'd been doing a lot of work studying the brain. And he started out as a geologist and found himself in the area of the brain. And he really believes that the brain is a hologram. Now, if that's not Jupiter, Neptune, I don't know what is. And so... 80, he, he felt that 85% of your brain is devoted to sensing, feeling, and emotion. Mm. And only 15% is devoted to cognitive thought. Wow. So this, I don't know why, but talking about the square it is really an invitation to open up to how profoundly connected your brain is to other aspects uh, of of existence other than counting beans. I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm being a little bit ex exaggerated, but I do have Moon Jupiter, so bear yeah. with. Me. 
Yeah, that's you're, you're doing Jupiter. It's all good. <laughs> so so we have an opportunity during this period of time to really get out of the cognitive side of our brain and just uh, because Moon Jupiter, I mean the the Neptune Jupiter thing square can really uh, open us up and it can be a little overwhelming because you know uh, Neptune really invites us to just let go mm -hmm. right and that that square Jupiter it, Neptune square invites us to understand that uh, if we let go and we expand ourselves the shift or change that will happen internally because the square is really internal to start out with before you manifest it outwards is is really a powerful thing and so people may find themselves you know abandoning long cherished beliefs because something moves them to look at the world differently to experience the world differently yes yes and and the square you know it's the, this is an uncomfortable energy and and the shadow of it i think with you know jupiter square neptune i and again i i'm speaking from my personal experience having this natally is that there is a certain na naivete yeah. connected to it. I, I, and I have been accused of this and I have seen this. I am so trusting of people and situations. And I am always seeing the best in a situation or a person that, um, that doesn't always serve me. And so for you guys, when we have this transiting square, there might be a situation in your life that you want to take pause on because you are you're going big next year with Jupiter and Sagittarius, but there could be moments, especially around January 13th and the, and the um, June 16th. And again, on September 21st, where the blind faith is not serving you well, and you might have to uh, ground that a bit. And, and, and that's just like a little, a little tip there, but I will say this aspect also is the aspect in my chart that I feel is responsible for my direct dial connection to God or the divine higher power source of your choice. I call it God, Leslie, because I was raised Catholic and it's just my framework, but we're really not going to know what this higher power is until we're all dead. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just calling it God, not insulting any, anybody out there. I'm just saying that from a very young age, God talks to me. I talk to God and, and, and I know it sounds a little, mentally ill for to some people um I, I i last time i checked you know i'm not i'm not ready for a straitjacket yet but that voice leslie that voice of god or higher power has guided me very very much in in my um in my life but because it's the square it's been very uncomfortable at times to honor that intuition to honor that voice and to really make make peace with the fact that it is an actual part of my physical existence in this world because it is such a non-physical situation. So you guys are experiencing this next year with Jupiter square Neptune. And I do think that your faith is going to expand in an extraordinary way in some capacity, but at times you may wonder, am I crazy? Is this real? Okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So what do you, anything else you want to add about Jupiter square Neptune? Well, uh, innately, I have the I have Moon trine Jupiter. Uh, 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 no, Jupiter trine Neptune. God, I can't even remember. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. 
and 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 I've experienced some of the same things that you do. I mean, I belong to the Pollyanna Club, which is everybody's the nicest person I ever met. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and so sometimes with really Neptune for me is often about clarity. So making things clear, and and it is about idealism. So the Jupiter Neptune contact it is so it can expand your desire to ignore the obvious. <laughs> Yes. Uh, or, or and and but and the journey can take you to a place where you really do begin to acknowledge what you know to be true. So one of the things I would say to people is pay attention if you feel if, if one party is going, this is the gr- greatest thing that ever happened to me. And yet there's this little niggling feeling that you have somewhere in your consciousness that things aren't nearly as good as you think they are so that's the other thing with Jupiter you have to I mean you do have to take a really good look at things and not through the lens necessarily of logic because that's not Jupiter Neptune this is nothing to do with logic and everything to do with what do does this feel like to me and we've been taught to ignore our intuition and Jupiter square Neptune really is a lot about you know, time to pay attention to those things that you can't quantify. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I have a funny story I want to share about Jupiter square Neptune. And, and you guys apply this to your life next year as you see fit. But this is how blindly um, open and forgiving and trusting I can be, Leslie. I was robbed at gunpoint by three men when I was 18 years old. And I I used to work at a Carvel. I don't know if they have Carvels in Canada. It's an ice cream chain here in in the States. Okay, so it's a big ice cream franchise. And so I I worked at Carvel for years and years. And so I was was the manager. I was working, closing up. And so myself and the other other person working with me that night, we were robbed at gunpoint by three young men. And my Jupiter square Neptune, I remember feeling... You know, I didn't feel fear at that moment. Instead, I felt compassion because I got this download that this this young man didn't really want to rob us, that it was his first time and the two other people were his cousins and he was forced into the situation and and, and he really didn't want to do it. And so I instantly forgave this man while he had a gun pointed at my head and was shoving me in a walk-in refrigerator. And it's the oddest thing to say, but I truly, truly felt that. And I do feel that it was the Jupiter square Neptune. So it's that, it's that situation of, wait a second, I was in an actual dangerous situation where I should not have been all lovey-dovey, la-la-la in that moment because it, you know, it, it, it could have ended badly. But my faith and my compassion, on the other hand, actually saved me from it mentally i think on some level well well i i i think that that makes perfect sense to me and i and i don't know that it was lovey-dovey as much as because compassion isn't necessarily love it's a different thing and it's just you know for you it was a deep awareness and because of course you're a Taurus, someone touching you you know, is a huge experience for you always. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who they are because you process everything in your physical body uh, in a very profound way. And and I, I think it, 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 it was a really powerful experience. It's kind of like your guides went, okay, well, she wasn't really listening. So here we're going to give her this experience 
so that when she moves forward from this, she doesn't suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And, and, and I truly didn't, which is odd. I, I don't even, I, I, it's wild. And, and the Jupiter square Neptune is about never ending faith. There is really always a better day. And, and, you know, that that's the Jupiter and Sagittarius way guys. So that's what you all get next year in 2019. I can't wait for this transit. Leslie is excited about this transit. And Leslie, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I mean, the conversation went so fast and you're wonderful. You are wonderful. You can come back on anytime you'd like. Open invitation, my dear. Okay. I promise not to stalk you. Uh, well, listen, what else, what else do you want to tell our listeners about you and your work before we wrap up? Anything else? Uh, well, I feel like I'm moving into the prime of my writing life. And, you know, while I was talking and talking about Jupiter and Sagittarius and the, and the new growth, and so, you know, the new door that's opening up the new journey, I, I suddenly had a revelation for myself. So I really want to thank you, Maria, for having me on the show. It was really a lot of fun. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Jupiter and Sagittarius can feel a bit like a roller coaster ride. So don't be surprised, especially with the Jupiter Neptune, that you're going to feel those little ups and downs. All I can say is don't don't place a huge, heavy emphasis on that. You know, really go for the ride. Ride. Uh, be aware, pay attention to how you feel about the ride that you're on, because there's a lot of wisdom in the actual experience. We and and so be open to that experience, what, whatever it brings. That's true, because with Sagittarius and Jupiter energy, it is always about the journey, not the destination. So on that note, Thank you, Leslie, for being on the show. Check her out at lesliefrancis.com. And for all of you guys listening out there, enjoy the journey of Jupiter and Sagittarius next year as it helps you grow into your soul. You've been listening to Insightful Astrology with your host, Maria Simone. Visit Maria on her website at www insightfulastrology.com to schedule your personal consultation and learn how to use the power of astrology to grow into your soul. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.